Hey, what it is? This is RJ Styles. You listen to Can I Get More Podcasts in My Monitor? What's happening, everybody? This is Can I Get More Podcast in My Monitor. This is, uh, what is this, June 14th, 2020. Nice day out. I always got to look because I don't fucking know. It's a little chilly. Ah, it's nice. Yeah, there's another voice. I don't know if you were paying attention, but there was another voice that just happened. And this one, I actually got a guest. That's not my cat, first of all. Guess that's not my cat that can actually almost use English words. Almost. But we'll take it. <laughs> yeah, burying you. Kind of. In my own Sunday morning, not awake way yet. What the fuck? I don't know. I just like to talk. I got to talk shit, don't I? This is RJ Styles. Word to your mother. <laughs> As it was established on our friend Jordan's podcast... That is his, uh, what is his hip-hop name? Is that what he said? <laughs> rapper name. <laughs> rapper name. Even though you definitely do not want to see this guy rap or hear him rap or... Let's just get over get over with. Get all the burying over with. Just bury me away in the beginning and we'll, we'll dig out. Okay, well then, prove me wrong. Oh no, I, I can't rap for <laughs> shit. I have absolutely no soul in me. Oh, this is true, but you listen to The Chronic... Yeah, listen to the Chronic yesterday and Chronic 2 today. Friggin' awesome. Got to keep, as, you know, our buddy Church would say, you got to keep it hood. So you got to keep it hood. Man, I've never been hood, so I'm just I, I'm just kind of acting the part. You got to kind of guess. <laughs> got to kind of guess being the hood, which is fine. That's all right. Like back in the day, I thought 311 was wrapped. Well, all right. Well, you know, I mean. I've learned since. Sure. It's like now I think. ICP is the bomb. What was that supposed to mean? I just wanted to be able to use the bomb in a sentence. <laughs> <laughs> I figured talking about ICP and being the bomb would be apropos. <laughs> hey, I'll let you hang out there on your own now. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. I'm always in here alone anyways. I'm never <laughs> talking to anybody. No one's listening to me. I'm not talking to anybody. Well, so. it's been fun. So. <laughs> well, this has been an episode. <laughs> Shortest one yet. Good. People tell me to shut the fuck up yet. So, all right, here we go. <laughs> so, okay, RJ is a is a longtime musician and longtime friend, but also a longtime brother. Yeah, he's he's my he's my bro ham. He's obviously made tons of I don't know, um, special guest appearances through voice on this show so far because apparently I I can't not talk about you or something like that. So it's okay, I understand. Do you? I understand that you have this deep desire of love that you can't express as a man. Well, it's like hetero life mate kind of stuff. Is that what we are? <laughs> We're fucked. <laughs> Yeah, 
just call it a day. Yeah. We've we've hit yeah. our high point for the for the yeah. lifetime. <laughs> just, just uh, you got your truck here. I'll just tie myself to the back of your truck, drag me around a little, and then if I can. We'll switch, and I'll drag you, and we'll just it's call like, it. It's like we're like the, the the captain on the football team in high school. That's our high point of our <laughs> life. We're now only, you know close to forties, and uh, yeah, that's a long time ago. It is. It's more. Jesus, we're old. <laughs> I feel it. Oh feel well. It. Yeah. Feel it, 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 it. All right. Anyways. 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 Oh, oh, there it is. That's a nice one. Sip coffee. I guess I do have a little soul in me after all. Oh, is that what that is? All right, Not fair really. enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, okay, so you've been playing um, music since you're like ten ish, right? You started playing drums or whatever when you're like ten. I don't know. How old are you in fifth grade? About ten. So yeah. So there it goes. All right. Okay, so you started playing drums. Why drums? Why'd you start playing drums first? Oh God, that's a good question. I don't know, I think I've always just wanted to play drums. It was just in there. Did you hear something like when you were a kid or whatever, like your sister's playing some sort of music or something? You're like, whoa, that's cool. What is that or what? Well, she listened to New Kids on the Blocks, so... I can totally see that. I can totally see that. All right. Um, Did your parents listen to anything that like could no, have, have triggered it? I have no idea what would have brought that up. So it's just there isn't anything that was like, I heard this and it was like, I want to play drums or maybe it was like a kid, one of your friends or something like that or no? I really don't remember. Um, I don't remember if I actually was a Metallica fan before I started playing drums or not. Because if I was beforehand, it might have been Enter Sandman. Yeah, because that that, would have made, because what was that, 91 that came out or was that 92 when it came out? It was I, right I around know, 91, yeah. 92. Anyways, that would make sense. If that was it, then... Because I think it was around that time. Because I became a fan of Metallica. It was, I think, right after that album came out. Um, and and the Sandman had that cool drum riff in the beginning. So we'll go with that. <laughs> hey, hey, that's all right. That's a good uh, That's a good origin story there. So is that was that like the... Um, did you... Was that like your first music that was like, yeah, I think I, I like that. Like that isn't like projected on me or is, was there other stuff? No, um, actually the, my first experience was out music. That was my parents' music was at a friend's house. The new neighbors brought over a tape. It was a ride the lightning album tape. Oh, no kidding. So before. Yeah. So the first song I ever heard that was out was fight Father fire. And until then, I was always told, oh, Metallica's evil and <laughs> devil worship stuff because, you know, thank you, Motley Crue, and all the rest of you. Nah. Um, but I heard that. I'm like, oh, but this is like big kid music. So I'm going to cool. I'm going to cool with this. And I didn't really like fight, uh, fight Fire with Fire, and I'm still not the biggest fan of it. Yeah. Um, because it doesn't fit into, into theory as well as I like. <laughs> As you all might know, I have an issue with non-theoretical stuff. <laughs> well, they would, was that, I wonder what you, would you call that like atonal then? Or was that just like yeah. super progressive or not? Cause yeah, they know they didn't really give a shit about a key, right? Did you see that YouTube video? It was explaining the, the Metallica key. No. It was just like chronological up and down instead of, uh, <laughs> 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 which fight fire and fire was, was, I think okay. it was three, two, three, two, one open or something like that. Okay. Or two, one, something like that. And it's like, okay. Um, 
Oh, chromatic. Yeah, I think that's called chromaticism, right? Something like that, yeah. Yeah, chromatic. says that you use you, all the notes. You know more terminology than I do. I'm... <laughs> God damn it, I got to dumb myself down, son of a bitch. Yeah, I'm, I'm in the room now, so. <laughs> Monosyllabic tone, please. No. <laughs> <laughs> I can't say it without using. Okay. No, I'll stop. <laughs> um, so it probably was Metallica. So we'll it, just go with that because I can't. Before I like Metallica, it was the Beach Boys. Okay, well, there's nothing wrong with that. No, I've still got the Beach but Boys. That, I haven't. I like the. They were a different sound and they brought a whole new field to music. Yeah, but that was your. That. that was like your parents' music, right? right? Yeah, I hear you. Um, mm. I should write some metal versions of those songs. Well, there was a, uh, I had a, uh, do you remember the Punkoramas? Remember yeah. the Punkorama albums? Yeah. I used to try to, I think that was where Epitaph, Epitaph, oh, I can talk today. Epitaph. Hey, shout out to Epitaph. Shout out. Um, TJ Drink. I had a, <laughs> he's like, who the, I'm not listening to this. <laughs> I don't blame you. I don't blame you. Shout out to TJ. <laughs> shout out to TJ. Or <laughs> um, I just shout out to Tressa. Yeah, there you go. Um, yeah, those Punkorama, I think it was on one of those. I had a bunch of those, you know, from back in the, uh, you know, mid, yeah, mid late nineties, but there was a, uh, which one was it? I just had it in my head and then I started doing shout outs. Um, there was a beach boys cover on it. Do you know which one it was? I had it and it's gone now. Um, but totally off the, in the same era, but totally off the subject. There was a California Dreamin' one, I remember. Oh, really? Yeah. It was, and they did all the harmonies and everything, too, only it was like, dun, 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 like super fast. Only they did she all sure the harmonies. sure it was NFG because they like, cover everything. No, that, that was before. That was before. It might have been, I don't know, it might have been like me first in the Gimme Gimme's or something like that. Oh, okay. But. Um, I was wondering, I keep hearing like doing a 409 cover. Oh, Okay. Hmm. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That could be fun. Well, you could do it. You'd you'd be able to figure that out. Um, okay, so Beach Boys. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. No, and then um, some soundtracks. Um, but yeah, first real music was that. And uh, became a huge Metallica fan. Just something about those guitar solos and the drum work he did. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. No, that's awesome. So, did you get? Was it like a drum set for Christmas or something then? Or did you just like, yeah. mind it, mind it, drum set, drum set, drum set. And that's probably what it... Yeah, well, I um, I started off just playing snare. Yeah, like okay. Most people do. I had a snare. And then I was taking pots and pans and hanging them on, like, shit so I can bang on them. Sure. And just in, like, just kicking boxes and stuff. <laughs> and then for Christmas, my parents got me a drum set. I think it was a CB700. Okay. Uh, shit, what was that? Who made that? I can't remember. Was it CB? Yeah, I think okay. they were like a beginner. Yeah, 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 like yeah. yeah. First act is now what? Sure, get. like percussion plus or something like right. that. Right, right. And um, I think the first real, um, obviously, I've been. Amy's a drummer. Knows the first two riffs you learn. <laughs> you know, uh, but the first like song riffs I learned from a band that I liked was uh, Nirvana. All right. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Smells like Teen Spirit. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I'll proud of myself since I kind of learned the rest of the album because uh, Dave Grohl, who is a great drummer, 
At the time, I was kind of like, you know, thinking, oh, he's not as good as Lars Ulrich, but I could learn from him. Now, looking back, I kind of respect a lot more drummers than I did at the time. Yeah. I remember um, a girl I was interested in high school. He's a huge Nirvana fan. She's like, I think the best drummer is Dave, Dave Grohl. And I started laughing at her. <laughs> I'm like, no, no, no. Lars Ulrich. <laughs> but now looking at like Lars Ulrich's work, I'm like, he's not that good of a drummer. He's, he's great at time. But um, I don't think he's that, that, the best drummer out there. There's some really good. Like, Vinnie Paul's one of the best at uh, at bass drum. I mean, that dude can just. Yeah. And uh, dude, the guy from Four Years Strong. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Freaking monster. Most of those, uh, like the. I don't know what you want to call it, happy hardcore, whatever. A lot, yeah. all those guys are just like ridiculous, and we've seen them. We saw them live, and yeah. they they played it. So it's not like it's all just like a studio thing. I always like, love that when you see a band live, and it sounds the same. Yeah. yeah you know, I, I always hate it when you go see a band and the vocals are off or they can't seem to play in time with each other. It's like, dude, if it's just a studio, the band, then then why are you touring? Yeah. Just you know, and hopefully. Hopefully it's just one of those, um, one of those that's just a day off kind of thing. But like, yeah, we see a lot. I've seen a lot of videos. Oh, dude, starting you know, line. Every time I've seen them, it's been a bad show. Oh, really? It's yeah. Just no bueno. Huh? Yeah, they, well, the vocals are always off. They're never on time each other. Whereas someone like Newfound Glory, always dead on. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's another drummer. Phenomenally good drummer. Not so much like he has this amazing skill set, but he's got an, like a, a creative mind. That just hears something different than most people would, and it sounds amazing. Yeah, which but it's really it's, a, a skill set in its own. Yeah, well, yeah, it's just it's because you're there to get the song over. Yeah, you know, and it obviously does it in a phenomenal way. You yeah, know? like his breakdowns are honestly, I think New Newfound Glory would probably be the what I would call the start of the happy hardcore. Catalyst. Yeah, yeah, that's a it's a good album. Well, and I think I think um, Four Years Strong, I think cited that. Oh really? If I if I I thought I read something or heard something. Shout out talking. to Four Years Strong. Shout out to Four Years Strong. Yeah, you Shout have to, to look. You have to look into why I'm going to do some of those shout outs with like a English ish accent. Shout out shows. Watch some two fifteen videos. Damn it! Shout out to two fifteen. <laughs> <laughs> drink TJ. Drink. Word to your mother. <laughs> These are all. That's all relevant. We may have too many inside jokes for this podcast. That's okay, because no one's listening anyways. <laughs> Wrong. <laughs> shout, shout out to the Royal God. What's up, bitches? <laughs> shout out to Eric Peters, who uh, was our drummer in 215, and he uh, he and his wife just had a uh, child this week, their first Big child. Big congrats so. to Noel. <laughs> <laughs> and it's that's spelt J-K-M-N. Do the math. Figure it out. Figure it out. <laughs> Read between the lines, we'll put it that way. <laughs> but I think anyways, going back uh to Four Year Strong, I think if I remember right, they cited Catalyst as like a a jump buying appointment. And what have we been saying for years is it sounds like they they picked up where Catalyst left off. Oh, oh um Four Year Strong? Yeah. I always describe them as Defong Glory being buffed by Pantera. Yeah. Yeah. You've said that too. Yeah. Yeah. It's what it sounds like. The breakdowns sound like Pantera. Yeah. Yeah. The rest of the well, rest of it sounds like Defong Glory. And that cover album that they did, they did uh, Spiderwebs, okay, by, New, by, by, New, by No Doubt. 
and then at the end of it, they did the uh, the walk on boy. Dun, 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 oh really? Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I've never heard that album. Oh really? Yeah. I, I, maybe I'll show that to you later. Or whatever. I should pick I think that it's up. On, I think it's on here. I will find it one way or another. But yeah, they they did like this uh, little ode to Pantera right at the end of uh, Spiderwebs, which was strange, but it seemed That's like cool. really I can really hear natural. It. It'd be really cool. <laughs> Welcome, boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yo, you got it. <laughs> yeah, that's off a of vulgar display, isn't it? Man, I should know this probably. Yeah, uh, yeah, I believe so. I think it is. I think that's the only album I've actually ever owned by Pantera. You know, I'm, I've heard tons of their music. Sure. Um, but that sounds. I, I really, really recognize that one. So I think it comes off that album. That's real. It's weird how that happens with like you hear all sorts. Of, you're a fan of the band. You hear all sorts of songs, but you might not even own an album, or you might only own one. Like, I'll, I'll, as much of a Foo Fighter fan as I am, you only got the one album. I have. I've owned three. The first one, I don't have any idea where it went. I got the one. Uh, what is it with learn to fly on it? Okay. And, and then I got, um, wasting light. Wasting light is a masterpiece. I don't know if you've heard it or not. I don't have any food for albums. I should pick one. I've been thinking of like some of the nineties, late nineties music. I should be picking up, uh, late nineties, early two thousands. And like, I don't have any Nirvana albums anymore. Uh, a little bit of explanation. I had a huge CD collection that got stolen in college. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've not even replaced half of those albums yet. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just kind of think about it. I'll pick up an album. Like, I haven't heard this in a long time. I should pick it up. So I, I don't have Nirvana. I'm, I never had a Foo Fighter album. Um, but I don't, I, 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 I think three Nirvana albums I don't have anymore. I should pick those up. Yep. Um, I can't remember what albums I don't have anymore. Yeah. Oh, well, it's well, a long time ago. And plus, like we all did, that was what you spent your money on. It was either like guitar strings or like cymbals or something yeah. like that. And then records. Well, and like, I think you and I are the minority of people. Maybe the, maybe we're the majority of musicians because musicians get it. I don't believe in just buying a song. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, if, yep. To me, you buy the album to support the artists. Yeah. If it's one song you like on the album, then it's one song. If, if it's not worth it for you to buy, then you don't buy. But I don't just buy like a song here and there. I don't get people to do that. You because you, yeah. you might be missing out on something great on that album, you know. That's not. Yeah, there typically always is. Yeah, yeah, and it, I think that it could be just like a uh, kind of an old school thing because, like, that's. I mean, they did release like CD singles and cassette singles and stuff like right. that, but those were what they did with like rock music a lot is they would put like a B side. Yeah. Like something that's not on the album that that song came off of. So you had to buy the single if you wanted that song, Yeah, you know, so that's where they get you buying that. And then typically, you you know, and then they didn't have, um, you know, if you wanted to, would you, do you want to buy a whole bunch of singles or do you want to just buy the fucking album? <laughs> so then you'd buy the album too. Right. So not, does, who cares if you have like two of the same song, you got that one that's not on the album, which was the. Which was ultimately the point, because you you know that was that was an ego thing. Be like, oh, you don't have a single, you don't have a single, dude. Yeah, what the then, fuck are you doing? <laughs> then, then some bands took it too far, like uh, um, 
uh, Good Charlotte put out the same album twice with just one song different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. was bullshit. I'm sorry. Yeah, and they wait. Yeah, they waited till after like they uh, they um, got big or whatever. Yeah, but um, see that thing I didn't I didn't know that existed until I met Kelly because she's a she's be a good giant show. good Good Charlotte fan. Yeah. She still is, but when I first bought that album because I saw them. Back in like 2000. Oh, I remember. Probably with you when you saw that. I don't know if you were or not, but I know like I went with Tony. Shout out to Tony. Oh, no. Then it yeah. was, it was, with him. it was Eve Six. They were, they were, they were touring their second album. It's like Bob's favorite band. I love Eve Six. I, I like some of their music, but I just, I never bought an album. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm forever like indebted to that band. Like I just love them. Uh, shout out to Bob, by the way. I'll, I'm going to let him know about this podcast. There you go. Shout out to Bob. Um, it was uh, Eve Six. They were touring their second record, and it was Yellow Card and Yellow Card and Good bands. Charlotte. And both those bands hadn't broken yet. Oh, so it was like I think it was right around the time where um, I don't even know if Little Things was on MTV or anything yet. I'm not sure. It might have been pre that, but then I saw them. You know, I just went up to. Uh, can never keep them. Kelly's, if she listens to this, which she won't, or if she's outside, she'll be like, it's the name. You know, I can't remember the lead singer's name. Which one is it? Joel, uh, Benji, whatever. Joel. I just said, hey, man, never heard of you. Good show. That was it. Because he like came out in the crowd and watched yeah. uh, Yellow Card, I think. And um, I've, heard, I've heard he's kind of, you know, I wouldn't say dickish, but doesn't like mingle very much. But as Benji's more like. Oh, yeah, I don't humble. know. At that time, it was, I mean, shit, that was, this was literally 20 years ago now. I was, he was like, you know, thank you. And that was, and I was I'm not going to like just be like, you know, I'm your best friend now or anything like that. I just walked away. Yeah, that was it. But yeah, that was, they, they did do, I know the uh, Benji was having guitar problems. I don't know what it was, but like he's switching like out guitars. Problems? Yeah, yeah, okay. he was having tech problems. But they still played a fan, phenomenal show. They were really good. Um, Yellow Card, that was their style to like, be more you mm-hmm. know so like i remember like the violin player doing backflips off the amps and he did shit every show i saw them like four or five times and every show he do it in the same same spot same sure. so it was a spot and that's fine sure. everybody you know. knew where everybody knew to get the yeah, fuck out like, of his way there it is! <laughs> you know but he'd still be playing it yeah and then he'd do the backflip i wonder how i wonder if he's got any knee replacements now <laughs> <laughs> well hell who knows i think everyone's been replacing that band mm. Yeah, well, they're not a band anymore. Like, literally, they're, oh, they they're done, done now. It wasn't um, Lights and Sound like the last album. They, no, they put out they put out one more, sorry, and light, then they did a final tour. The Lights and Sound was the last album with with um, the 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 OG band, right, or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, um, yeah. I wonder if they have the same because the only person who wasn't changing out was a singer, which I think is what it was, right? I'm not positive. I think the uh, the violin player I think came back for the final push. I don't know about it. I thought I don't think That's the drummer was the same. Good drummer. Yeah, he, he was, was really really solid for yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah. I don't think he came back. I, I I could be speaking out of school, but it's my show. I can do whatever the fuck I want. Um, Word to your mother. <laughs> you said it, man. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody fucks with the Jesus. <laughs> um. Yeah, I I don't think the drummer came back. I don't know who else came back, but I'm pretty sure. The violin player came back. Yeah, well, at that at that point, 
you know, I, I had every album, the Butt Lights and Sound, and I was really disappointed in the album. I love that song, though. Which one? Lights and Sound. I don't know. I can't picture it in my head right now. Oh, it's a super. Yeah, it's not ringing a bell. Yeah, it's a fucking wicked riff. Like their their first album is is really good, and then um, the Ocean Avenue album is phenomenal. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, every song of that album is phenomenal. Yeah. yeah. So whoever's doing the selection for that one knew what they're doing. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, you know, they just yeah, it all came together. You know, for for now in the break, it's all got to come together, and it obviously came together at that point for them so yeah that's super fucking wicked uh i don't even remember what we were talking about at first i don't know we were just talking <laughs> shooting the breeze shooting the breeze as the breeze comes through <sighs> through the window um we're talking, we started talking about drummers and went off on a freaking rant hey and that's all right yeah so okay um oh yeah we were talking about dave Grohl, and then you laughed in that girl's face when she that he was the greatest. Greatest, yeah. Um, but she's a huge Nirvana fan, and you know I was a big Metallica fan, so of course I'm going to say Lars Ulrich was the greatest. Yeah. And, you know, I don't oh, think so. I was going to say that I think, obviously, everybody gives um, Lars like shit. You know, like it's he's, he's like the favorite punch, punching bag. Well, have you seen him? <laughs> have you seen him talk? Uh, yes, yes, I have. He deserves have. a lot of it. He. Yeah, I think he deserves a lot of it because he comes off pretty pompous. But it is pretty impressive to play with those because they were all over the place. Those early albums and stuff yeah. like that, they're all over the fucking place. One thing I, I give him a lot of credit for that I do not have the ability to is, I'm surprised he didn't bear me yet on this one, <laughs> is that he can keep perfect time. I cannot do that. Well, True. Very true. I but, don't. I don't know if and I, now because you know it seems like everything is like sped up so damn fast. I don't, I'm sure you've seen a bunch of live videos lately or whatever. Oh, they play some the songs super fast. And I don't know if that's just like a ah fuck it. We've been playing these songs for like 40 years, 30 yeah, years, and doing... just like let's just make it interesting and see how fast we can play them. Or is Lars just like losing his shit a little well, bit? Um, no, they they go ahead and do that because I remember um, that, uh, I watched a there's a bunch of green room videos of the band warming up for before a concert and he's talking to uh uh what's the new bassist's name is it dave or something robert robert i can't remember that guy's name robert trujillo Tra- shout out to robert trujillo yeah phenomenally good bassist yep i mean cliff burton's always gonna have a something. well yeah and that's another subject even in on that band period right but. uh but anyways lars was talking to him and this must have been like sometime uh maybe the first tour and he's saying, oh, in this song, you got to watch yourself. But and Master Puppets go as fast as you want. I'm like, <laughs> Master Puppets is the fastest song they wrote. I think it's like 203 or something beats per minute. Are you fucking with me? And his reason why you're doing just chord notes. Yeah. Well, and then he plays with his fingers, too. Oh, yeah. You right, know? Yeah. <laughs> but um, so, yeah, I think almost all the songs are sped up a little bit because they just don't care. Uh but I feel bad for Kurt in a little bit. I, I shout out to Kurt Hammett because he's probably my, my favorite gu- guitarist. Mm-hmm. His writing is one of my, the best writing I've ever heard. What happened? You know, um, there are there are actually YouTube videos just to show him make mistakes because he makes them all the time. <laughs> yeah, and I can't t- I can't tell if his, if his age is coming through. Maybe he's having some arthritis issues or what. I do know that in writing. He's not very into the writing process like he used to be. Um, 
anyone who's ever watched any videos on the making of any Metallica stuff, you, you probably run across one where uh, Bob Rock is kind of yelling at him to learn his parts. He keeps coming in like, oh, the strings don't feel right, or oh, the amp doesn't sound right. And it's constantly excuse with excuse. Wasn't that the, was that the... Uh... Making the solo for, I think, Unforgiven. He kept screwing up and... Oh, that's that. Okay. It's like, okay, just, yeah, it's like, yeah, just yeah. fucking give it. Just give it. And all of a sudden yeah. he wails it out. And yeah. it's amazing. Because he, he didn't write down his work. Isn't that... I See, we're... I didn't... We've talked about that before. And I don't think either one of us have, like, looked back at it or not. But I'm pretty sure that one, if I remember it, because it was, like, on a... Um, I want to say it was, like, on that, you know, the, when they did that classic albums. You know, the VH1 classic albums. where they been, went, I don't know. But it's they were going through recording that album, and I'm pretty sure that was the song where Kirk had went home and wrote this solo that he was super fucking proud of. Super fucking proud of it. He came in, he was all, you know, chest that out, ready to right. fucking go, and then he played it, and everybody fucking hated it. <laughs> I could be the one. So I, I, if it's the one I, I, I'm thinking of, which, again, it could be wrong, he just went in there and was like, well, fuck you guys then. And he just did whatever. And they were like, yeah, that's what we want. <laughs> yeah. Well, like the, when, um, for the Unforgiven, a couple of times he played and it just wasn't right. Yeah. And then, um, so he did that ad lib, that whole solo. And it's, it's probably my favorite solos he wrote uh, for that kind of a, of a song. Um, but yeah, like the, the latest, that's album they put out. Um, Hardwired. Thank you. Hardwired. It... <laughs> The story goes that he lost his iPhone that had all his recordings of him playing solos. <laughs> so he had a wing in on majority of the songs, right. which you can tell. Yeah, okay. All right. You can tell which ones were written and which ones are just winged. Sure, okay. And he's like, this is such an awesome experience because, man, it brings me back to the roots. I'm thinking, that's bullshit, dude. They didn't sound as good as they could have. <laughs> you know, you're a phenomenal guitarist and phenomenal writer, but you're like me. You sit down, you write it, hear it, play back yourself, and go through it. I, I don't know if anybody, like, other than me, B.B. King or, like, some of the greats who can sit there and just pump out an ad-lib solo and have it be amazing. Yeah, and I think I – speaking of that, I think I was probably, like, whatever that – I did a, a podcast about theory and I used you as an example. I think it was probably a little hard on you for that because – Because you're a dick? Because I'm a dick, first of all. <laughs> Big floppy or baby arm. Um, I don't know if it's but that second, big. it's a different, it, it is a different thing because like, obviously there's like hard rock jams and shit, but it's not something that's like what you do. Like a blues jam is you just go up there and they, they play, let's play, uh, you know, the, the one, four, five, 12 bar. And it's like, okay, we know where the key is and you just do it, you well, know? And, and that, and a lot of that's just pentatonic. Whereas I gave you shit about not being a real rip a solo, and that was unfair because, you know, obviously neither one of us are blues players. Well, even in blues, like I, I have a friend who used to uh, uh, demo guitars at shows. Shout out to my buddy Alex. Uh, and he, we talked about this because he can just sit there and just, he well out a blues solo. Yeah. And it's just like uh, improv rappers. You have these set lines you've already built. Oh, yeah, licks and stuff, yeah. Right, and you just incorporate them into the sound you're in. Yeah. And that's what a lot of these blues musicians do. They already have these licks that they know are good, and they 
go, okay, oh, I'm here. Oh, I can go this slick. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm going this slick. Yeah. You know, you have people like you have people like BBB King, or more modernly, I would say um, Slash, who can just hit one freaking note and make it sound amazing. Yep. You know, yeah. you know, I saw a, um, I think we discussed this before, I saw a YouTube channel where I had, um, had Slash and, uh, uh, I'm blanking on his name, uh, Wilder, Zach Wilder. Well, Wild, yeah. Yeah, Zach Wild. Um, in a concert. And Zach Wilder's just ripping out this this real clinic, you know, high speed, <coughs> ripping solo that just, you know, the, the guy knows theory like you wouldn't believe, going between all just amazing stuff, and then the camera pans over to to Slash and he uses five notes in the same amount of time period, and it just it it stole the show. Yeah, I think we we're talking. Yeah, we were t- we've talked about that because I there was a uh, I know I've I've used the story on the show too but it doesn't matter um bb king did the same thing yeah he was behind all these people that are just wailing whipping and, and then he was last and he just hit one note did that vibrato thing and then was like <laughs> deuces and he walked off and everybody's just like yep that king makes sense shit. and that's all yeah right mic drop and that was it that was the victory um speaking of zach wild it's something that's Something that's wild. <laughs> is, oh, damn. I saw a video. It was like on MTV, like seriously, 1989 or 1990. You know what chicken picking is, right? Like country chicken picking? I think so. Like just real quick guitar playing. Okay. Chicken, uh, typically in country music. The finger picking. Yeah, it's alternate picking with the pick and the, but there's a video of him chicken picking. Really? Yeah, he's just sitting there and he's just talking. I I believe he's talking. He's like, yeah, I like country. You know, he's you know got the long hair and the whole. You know, he's very Zach Wild. You know, right? And uh, he's sitting there with the Les Paul. It was like probably before a show backstage or something like that. And uh, they were talking to him. He's talking about how he loves country music. And here he comes. All of a sudden, he chicken picks. He's I can't. Even. Oh, I I I can hear now. Check out. Yeah. And then like. It was real funny because he 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 was probably warming up for the show, so he turns the clean on and he does that right, and then all of a sudden he turned on all the fucking gain and he did that it was fucking hilarious because <laughs> <laughs> this is like this garbled garbled mess because it's just so high gain, you know. But it was funny as shit. But yeah, I mean, even that guy, like, you know, he's got all sorts of different ways well, and, of playing and stuff like that. And I think real. Mo- I shouldn't say real musicians, but I'm going to say it anyway. Real musicians, <laughs> I think they, they respect all type of music. Um, yeah, you really have to. You really have to. I mean, other than club music, because fuck that. <laughs> well, honestly, club music, it, it's, it is designed to sell or to manipulate you to buy or to do certain things. It's not music from the soul. No, no. I. But, you know, yeah, I mean, it's just designed to... It, get you to dance manufactured. and buy drinks and, um, you know. Whereas, like, <laughs> you know, people always, uh, I shouldn't say people, but people in who like rock music or country music will, you know, talk down on, like, gangster rap. No, nah, man, that stuff's got, there's a lot of soul in that stuff. You got to listen to it. You got to really, it, it, it. I just always say, they sound like millions of records. They got to be doing something right. But yeah. so does... Club so music. does Nickelback. <laughs> I can't even said the name. Um, but like, you know, you look at rap music, it's like, at least that's got soul in it. They, Yeah, I mean, I have like singing and stuff, but no, it's coming from their from their soul, from their heart. I respect that. Oh, yeah, it's something real. 
Yeah. And it's not, it's something believable because if that's what they if that's what they witness, that's what they're going to talk about. You mm-hmm. know. So. Well, like I was, like I said on on I think um, buddy Jordan's podcast was like, if it wasn't for gangster rap, people like you and I would not have an idea what it was like to live in like inner city in L.A. No, yeah, and just the obviously just the little the little uh, snippet, you know. <laughs> right. What, but yeah, it's it's a it it. It presents a completely different way of life and a way of looking at life yeah. than, than we'll get. And uh, us the same then, you know, so it's, but you got to be able to learn from all that shit too, you know, so. But yeah, that's, there is a definite value in, in listening to all types of music. And I mean, I, I think we were probably all guilty of not doing that. Definitely like in our, oh, yeah. in our like formative years and stuff like that yeah i mean it was like oh you listened to you li- oh that stuff was in the 80s <laughs> you know and shit like that that's old why are you listening to that you know but then the same people would then talk about how uh like led zeppelin and Jimi hendrix was the shit so it's like <laughs> i mean well obviously we we're all full of shit when we were kids so well, we we're like, full of shit now well, like so. you know, when i was a kid my parents listened to to oldies and and at first, I was like, "Oh yeah, oldies are awesome. This is good." Then I listened to my own kind of music and like, "Oh, I hate oldies." <laughs> Looking back, it's like I see the oldies and all this kind of stuff. That it's all history of music. Yep, it's all stepping stones to where we are now. And it's like it's it's fun and enjoy those stepping stones for what they were. Yeah, and I, um, you know, a good thing to to like listen to, or think of. Taking that into mind is like let's, I don't know. Let's just say your favorite band is. 311. Just throwing it out there. Whatever three, it is. Three, 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 311. You got it. You got it. Well, then what you should do then is like what influenced them? Yeah, what did influence? Well, like the cla- <laughs> the clash for sure is an influence yeah. on them because there there's um in high school I became a clash fan. And at that point, like, you know, you hear like you hear like um should I stay or should I go? And that's like your snapshot of the clash. So you're just like, oh, that they're, you know, I mean, that's whatever. That's kind of neat, you know, but it's like that's your only snapshot of it. And that's just a very little sliver of what the Clash was. But in high school, when I was getting into the Clash, because I knew that 311 was uh, influenced by the Clash a lot. I've heard, I read a bunch of shit about Nick, uh, Nick Hexum talking about the Clash, talking about Bad Brains. And that's kind of where his influences we're coming from as well as like Fugazi and stuff like that. But I'm going to listen to this clash thing. Right. You know, obviously they were, by the time we were born, they were pretty much done, you know? So I get a compilation of all these bands doing clash songs. The urge was on it. 311 oh. was on it. I can't even remember it all off. It, but tons of, tons of people you're like, Oh yeah, this makes sense. Right. Well, anyways, the Clash does this song called "White Man and and um, and what is it called? White Man and Hammersmith Palais." That's a Clash song. Okay. They do the cover of that song. I go listen to the original. That's Three Eleven. That's their sound right there. That's really? how they got that sound. The the reggae ish verse. With the obviously, rock chorus. At, there you go. That's. That's the that's like the three the classic three eleven. Let's find that later. Yeah, I'll play it for you. It's like okay, they play the song. Oh yeah, that's like they made that three eleven. If you don't have any, 
inkling of what the original was. Wow, they made that. That sounds like them. That's a Clash song. Sounds like them. Listen to Clash. Oh, that's a Clash song that 311 sounds like. No, it, it's a complete, that's where they got the sound from. So, you know, speaking of 311, first off, shout out to Chad Saxon. He is my favorite drummer. Shout out. I'm out of my, my modern drumming style is very much like Chad Saxon. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it disappoints me that everyone's snapshot of 311 is down. Sure. I mean, it's yeah, a good, it's a good yeah. song, but it's a very, very, it's not the typical sound. It's just a straight up rock sound with some rap in it, but yeah. there's no reggae in it. Yeah. You know, there's no, there's no slap pop or anything. It's just, it's a, run, a very one dimensional song for them. And one thing that everyone loves about 311 is how diverse their sound is. You can't yeah. pinpoint it in any genre. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of shit going on there. For they sure. got rock, they got reggae, they got rap, they got they even got like club style. Some of their songs. yeah, there's a, it's a, like a reggaeton kind of thing, um, funk. Yeah, that, you know, obviously that's all in there. Um, and we've talked about this plenty of times, but obviously not in here. The biggest thing that I get from 311 is how they were able to see they used to do this a lot. Now their last handful of albums, not really done this, but my point being is they were able to take different feels and different styles, not RJ styles, different styles and meld them all into one song and then make that seamless. So it was like a, uh, like a, a reggae feel or like a, uh, yeah, like a like a dun, 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 kind of like reggaeton thing, and then all of a sudden it goes to a rock part, and you're like, "Wait, how did that make sense? They're there, they were there. Now they're there. How did they get there?" And it just makes sense somehow. And a lot of that is from Chad Sexton, him being that. able to f- to make that transition with the feels is I, it's still hard to understand for me. I'm trying to think of what that song is called. I've listened to Three Eleven in a while. I still listen to him again. know the album oh it's off music it's my favorite album by them i think it might be the Nix hex okay no it's a different one but i remember like it's, it's a real like slow ska yeah. reggae-ish riff and then distortion hits and it's just straight up rock riff and it fits so perfectly <laughs> and such and it, not often can you listen to a rock song and just groove with it mm-hmm. you know what i mean yeah it, you can headbang but groove yeah that's when the three love you can bring with with their metal uh, it's a silent that they have, but yeah. So yeah, we'll, we'll move forward to that then, I guess. You know, um, when I when you and I became friends. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I remember I was playing with that kid Adam. And Denver, oh, yeah. holy snikes, that's going way back. Um, okay, yeah. Oh, I didn't. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, because right. Adam was a big Metallica fan too, and and uh, it, we we didn't write pretty good stuff. <laughs> well. You're in high school, so don't. We feel were bad. in high school, but there were, yeah. So then, um, I think what were you doing? Oh, th- this is when you were with um, at band with uh, Chris and Jason. Oh, under twenty one. Yeah. Shout out to the under twenty one crew. <laughs> no, what was what was your real name? Oh well, obviously it's radioactive jellyfish. <laughs> I think I own that hashtag now. I hashtag everything <laughs> with it. I know it cracks me up. I love it. I'm going to name something Radioactive Jellyfish. Fuck it. <laughs> That's my new band's name. It's not that I'm declaring. No, they'll probably be like, no. 
So it'll be RGF. <laughs> Where <laughs> we're not doing a uh, we'll, we'll be a uh, real big fish cover band. We <laughs> <laughs> play nothing by real big fish. <laughs> we're playing covers of our songs in the style of what real big fish would cover our songs in. <laughs> yeah, we're original. Yeah, totally original. Um, oh shit. Yeah, so I remember. I remember doing a talent show, and that was the only show I ever played with him. With him. Um, and they yeah, just went went our own separate ways. I think. I think you started jamming with Tony, and then you. Uh, I remember you and Tony talked about me playing drums. That was after. That would have been a little bit later, right? Because what you're talking about with you playing. Because you weren't. Were you playing with? Uh, the other thing when we were going to have you play in under 21 for that show, was that after all that? Oh, that might have been after that. Probably was after that. Cause yeah, because I think I wasn't in a band and you were like, we need a guy to play a show. Yeah. Yep. I, was just, I just wanted to play. Yeah. Yeah. And then and then I got pulled out, <laughs> pulled out from Andrea. But um, well, it, was in, it was Chris was your drummer. So if he's going to play, yeah. then yeah. I had no problem bowing out. Yeah. Well, I'm trying. Yeah, because then that was. Let's see, that was saw. Well, what I can't that remember been? the music that, he has played. That would have been sophomore year, I believe, because that was in 97. And then we did some shit in 98, and I think... And then I was playing in... I was in Dismay at the same time with Stingline and Tony and Tim Morath and uh, uh, Steve Jensen singing. You were singing. a band with all of them? Yeah. I, I, was, the D- I, was, in, I was the DJ. Yeah, oh, I had... Oh, God, I remember you had tables. I had tables. I'd never even seen you use them. And you're not missing anything because it was fucking terrible. <laughs> I didn't have any, I had no fucking clue of what the hell I was doing with that. None at all. I was like, does this sound good? Sure. I don't fucking know. <laughs> yeah, that's when uh, tables were a big thing in rock music. Yeah. Yeah. But, but yeah, but, we're. But, but really, was it because the only thing I can think of that did, did that was Incubus? Well, Limp Biscuit. Limp Biscuit had. Oh, yeah, they did it. Yeah. Um, the first album, anyway. No, they had it all the way through. All well, the way through. Well, fuck me then. And then um, the Deftones actually, they still have a guy that does a, but he also does all the ethereal sounds and the keyboards and shit Deftones too. Deftones still, still plays? Oh, yeah. Huh. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it's one of your favorite bands, so. Yeah, absolutely. Not mine, but yours. Um, yeah, they and they adopted, because they, in, uh, on, White, on White Pony in 2000, they adopted all sorts of these other sounds that they needed another guy to do. So he came in, he did all sorts of the samples, the whole deal with keyboards, and he's still, you know, hmm. yeah, he's still a, a, a super integral part of the band. Shout out to those turntable guys are still playing because I don't think there's many, y'all. <laughs> no, no, it was kind of a, uh, I get it. Well, Slipknot too. Um, it lasted about as long as new music. <laughs> new, new music? New metal. New metal, well. Yeah. Certain part of my heart that still loves that, but then there's other parts where it's I like I my listen. Corn albums. I yeah, but then you listen to like, it's fun to listen to, but like I found, Coal Chamber at like, maybe it was half price books or maybe it was like Goodwill, or whatever. Like, please take this. We'll pay you to take it. Probably, <laughs> but I listen. I was like, oh, this is cool for li-. like, but it's like a, like back in the day, you'd listen to it. And you'd fucking listen to it, right? Right. Now it's just like, okay, I remember this song is okay. 
And it's like, oh yeah, there's another song. So you go to that one and you're like, okay, I got it out of my system. And then you put it away. Yeah. <laughs> and then in, in three years, I'll go, oh, Cold Chamber. I remember them. And then go, oh, and then probably do the same thing. <laughs> I did the same. I, I, um, so I repurchased Corn and Life is Peachy. I'm like, oh yeah, I listen to the, the album. And then anytime a song comes on randomly, it's like, yeah, I know this song. Next. <laughs> <laughs> It, it, uh, there's certain like I, I, I used to love those albums straight through, and now it's like they're not good. Except for a few songs, are really good, but majority of the songs, like I don't really want to listen to. It, it was life had to be the happened to do with the the vocals for Corn. I didn't really like it much, or the guitar work. I've never been a fan of that 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 um, eight that seven string or eight string sound. I never never been a fan of that. No, and at that point, oh, as I got the burps, that was um. That was a new, that was a yeah. new thing trying to capture that tone. Yeah, um, and those guitars weren't great. No, you know? well, I think they 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 started off using the Ibanez Universe. Yeah, because um, that was the only gig in town at that time. Right, and they were decent guitars, but putting distortion to them like they were was not designed for that. Well, and plus that was like the first that was the first design really. I mean, like jazz people played seven strings but those are like jazz boxes so they're clean and they're you know shit like that i'm blanking on the guy who played those played steve the, steve i came steve up with I, I can remember cb cb ray or steve I. yeah so yeah he came up with that yeah um after the gem yeah because he wanted he wanted a he wanted a, a seven string because he he watched jazz guys play seven strings and going well why aren't metal or why aren't like rock guys like why why am i not playing a seven string who else had a seven string i couldn't tell you like a certain thing but like it was a jazz thing to get you know because they're you know doing a whole whole fucking thing so like of course he was good enough to do that kind of stuff yeah but then he's just he saw these jazz guys going well obviously i can't i can't put gain on that guitar because it's going to feedback you know it's a semi or it's a hollow body mm-hmm. jazz box it's going to feed back like a bitch so he he went to ibanez because i think they were yeah i think they were making the gem at that point right the gem has been out for a little bit and, and i think they, you even started the rg series already at that point yeah so he wanted a seven string that would basically be his gem only with the lower string on it right so he had he had them built, but like there was a lot of design flaws in it, as it would because it's a it's like new territory. Whereas like they didn't reinforce the neck, so I remember I hear heard talk corn uh, talk about this, and monkey has the original universe that he had, but it's got different neck on it now because he broke like three necks. They just break because there's no reinforcement in them, and then you know you're you're playing. You're pre- playing like drop A, and then you're putting giant fucking strings on them, and you're beating the fuck out of them. They were just like, nope, I'm out. And they would just break. Like, truss rods would break. Headstocks would break, even though there's no breaking going on it. Like, wow. they're really, that they, they would fuck them up. So then eventually they started getting better at it. But that's how that. Well, that yeah, was- I think um, the first good. Uh, company to try and and compete in that that market was wasn't it um esp i don't remember an esp back then but i remember a Schecter's back then 
Uh, I think ESPN had the first one, and then Schechter came very, out. Very well could have. Um, but I remember uh, I remember Stingline, shout out to Stingline. He had a Schechter 7-string. And that was back in the, I was like, set, like. I didn't know Schechter was even out back then. They've been, a, they've been since the 80s. No shit. Yeah, but they were most, they started out as a custom shop, I guess. And then eventually they started like producing. Well, their their main line is, is like the higher end line of um, some of the other well known brands at the time. I remember when I bought my guitar, they were starting to become more mass produced, but they were still a higher quality. Oh sure, sure, and they're still really they're, I think they're. They're kind of understated guitars. I think I think they're they have a really. They cover all the bases with all their their guitars. A lot of obviously like hard rock and metal people use them. Um, I don't think. Well, like my, my um, the classic. That's a blues guitar. Well, okay. I watch I watch videos on it, and blues um, musicians were trying them out, and like they loved it, and you could hear how they're playing it. Yeah, that's a, it's designed for blues sound. It doesn't do well with with um, gain. See, so, well, and I, I guess I could. I could kind of see that. Um, cause of the, cause that's a mahogany neck too, if I remember right. I think it's mahogany body and mahogany neck. Yeah. Neck through. So that's what, yeah, that would be, see, they probably, if they would have done a mahogany body and then still, if you want to do the neck through, but if they would have maybe done like a maple neck, you know, and then, cause they paint the whole thing or whatever, you know, actually, I wonder if I don't remember I, I, what the neck I might is. Be, I might be wrong on that. I might be, it might be a maple neck. But uh, it's, the but Jazz it's, and JB in that mahogany, for some reason, and the tone posi used just has a real bassy sound to it. Yeah, you're. It's a it's a strange thing, because you're. But your C one standard doesn't do that, or do, are they? Do they still do the same thing? It's it's similar, but not as bassy. I think it's probably because neck through versus non neck through. Oh, I don't is know. C one bolt bolt on, or is that? Yeah, it is. Oh, I well, that it's was. set neck. But, okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But um, I don't. I don't even know if that's even mahogany. I don't know. I know the classic is mahogany for sure. Yeah, it's a much heavier. I actually guitar, saw. For sure. the, I actually saw the one that I used to have, the brown one. Yeah. I saw one at Music Garage yesterday. How much is it going for now? Shit, out in four hundred something. That's about what I pay for mine. mine. But mine's a quilt top. Yeah, I mean it's. Are they uh, about the uh, the out quilt tops? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. It's just this is the brown one with the Mine's gold. a blue one. Yeah, well, yeah, yours Which is... Which is a more rare one. Yours is super sexy. Mine's worth about, about 2000 just saying. Yeah, well, or what do you, Mick and Mary? <laughs> <laughs> Drill bits? <laughs> 10,000 apiece! <laughs> Shout out to Letterkenny. Um, yeah, this uh, that one was the brown one, then it had the gold hardware. And I know there yeah. was a certain time, like a short period of time when I had mine, because you like gold hardware and I don't. We were thinking about switching them. Yeah. But that um, was probably a good idea we didn't. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why they didn't do the blue with the gold harbor. That'd be gorgeous. I don't know. Not There's certain things that I do gold hardware with, like, for whatever reason, like, white guitars I really like with gold hardware. I can see that. But I don't really like, you know, I'm not a gold guy. I don't really like how it looks. It's just not me. But... I don't know. I, I'm I'm still planning on switching out that hardware, but I can't find the bridge. For gold, well, the uh, the Schecter bridge. They don't use a standard the tunematic. We'll have to look into that because I'm not sure. I'm not sure about yeah, that. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna have to lean on your skills a little bit because um, one pulling out the the pins and stuff for the the um, 
the bridge. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know how to do that kind of stuff. I don't want to destroy that guitar doing it. I've never there there. It's actually not as hard. You just have to have the right tools. Right. So we'll figure it out. Yeah. Um Do you still have that book, or did you give it back to me? Nope. Well, there, there it is. Which one? The one right in the middle. <laughs> oh, that's mine. Actually, I bought one because oh, I you bar- bought one. I borrowed that one from you, and I yeah. was like, "This is amazing!" So I bought one. Yeah, I, I should use utilize that more. Yeah, um, I, I use it all the time. Every time I do a truss rod adjustment, I'm like, I can't fucking remember which way it goes. <laughs> the, the shout out here is it's a book on on doing your own repairs, like from minor repairs to major repairs to guitars. Yeah, and it actually tells you if it's a major repair. It tells you what skill set you should be to do it. Right. And then it says under it, if you're not this, don't fucking do it. <laughs> which makes sense. Mm-hmm. You can easily you know fuck up a guitar. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's a fantastic, uh, fantastic tool, for sure. Yeah, so I need to change out the, um, the head, the uh, I'm, I'm gonna put in um, locking, locking, tuners, tuners. Thank okay. you. Um, I'm still trying to pick out. I think I picked out the pickups for the guitar, but I want to get them with with the gold plate. Oh, okay, okay. Um, either that or maybe do zebra. I haven't decided yet. Zebra might might be mm-hmm. a little bit. Eh. Yeah, I'm not sure. So probably just stick with, with the gold. Yeah. But yeah, just replace all the hardware with gold and probably put in new pods. Yeah, yeah, you might as well just get everything. Get CTS pots and, um, you know, the orange drop um, capacitors right. and shit. I mean, it has the orange drop. And, um, that has, has two humbuckers. I wonder if I could rewire them to put in, um, what are they called? Sing- single coil pods. Oh, I don't think the, this is a real fucking nerd talk here, but the impedance with the, um, the humbuckers is going to, I think those are going to choke them out. The 250s, I think, but. Well, the, um, my, my Les Paul's twin humbuckers and I've got like four different coils on it. Oh, are you, oh, you're talking about coil tap? Yes. Yeah. You're talking about coil tap. I was. Th- I thought you were talking about the. Um, this is where you're really smart, and I'm really dumb. <laughs> the rating of the pots. No. Because you want 500k pots, but you could go. Because you, because that guitar. You, have a lot of. Um, you got too much bass for your liking. You could go. I think you could go 1,000k or you know, 1k pots. And that, because that opens it up. And the high end. That'll open it up because what's happening right now is when it goes into the tone pot, it's cutting off certain frequencies on the on its way out. That's what tone pot does. Um, whereas a thousand or the the one thousand or that one k, that is more like you're just going straight from the pickup to the out. So there there's less shit going on in there. You there's advantages and disadvantages to that, and I couldn't exactly tell you what they are right off the top of my head. But that's an option. You could do that as well, or maybe just a higher quality, you know, five hundred k pot with whatever hum- uh, pickups you're going to go with will probably be. You know, there's a reason why they do a five hundred k pot for a humbucker, and just about I everybody think I have does 500K that. Five hundred k in there right now. They should be five hundred. So probably would go up a little higher and then can pick up. Yeah. Well, you know, you have to see because. It'll just, it, that's one of those things you just got to play with, unfortunately, you know, because you might you might go with a thousand and go, ugh, and then you might blame them on the pickups, where it actually could be the pot. I don't know, you know what I mean? So 
Well, I think I probably would do is just put the pickups in, hear how it sounds, and if I don't like it, then put the thousands in and see if, you know. Sure. Change one thing at a time. Kind of yep. like, you know, adjusting a car suspension. One thing at a time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no doubt. Um, oh, man, so we're, like, not even, we're not even out of high school yet. All right, fair enough. Let's see here. Well, I think what we're going to do is uh, I'm going to split this up probably into two sections, maybe three. It depends how long we go today. So right now I'm going to cut it off. Um, this will be this week's podcast, and then we'll we'll just continue fucking yakking. And uh, whatever comes out next is what you fucking get. So this has been uh, the first part of RJ Styles on Can I Get More Podcasts in Your Monitor? The early years. The early years. The wonder years? Ooh, the, Kevin Arnold? The needers. <laughs> hey, that's on natters. <laughs> All right, we'll, we'll be back next week with more RJ Styles. Deuces. Where's your mother? Mm-hmm.